You are now listening to The Nosebleeds with your hosts, Corey Johnson and Kush Parikh. Be sure to check us out weekly every Monday and Thursday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media on Twitter at the underscore nosebleeds. That's K-N-O-W-S bleeds. Also on Instagram at the nosebleeds and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash the nosebleeds. Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to the Nosebleeds podcast. That's K N O W S Bleeds. It's your boy. You already know it's your boy, Kush. And I'm here with my host, with the most, Mr. Corey Johnson. Corey, how are you doing? I'm solid, man. Solid. Uh, been running to a lot of stuff that's been kind of crazy, but, you know, got my health, got some wealth, but. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm just I'm just hey I'm just happy to be back on the show man because like the show just just everything no matter whatever's going on it's good to be back on the show and talking sports and talking with you man of course yeah we use this as an outlet because you know sports is our life we're in this industry for a reason because it's a passion of ours I mean sports or nothing really I mean there's, there's a bunch of stuff to to obviously get into and obviously talk about but for the most part, it's really sports or any, or, or nothing, to be honest. I feel you on that one. All right, let's start off with on this day in sports history, July 14th. Sports broadcasting history was made 69 years ago on today, July 14th, 1951, when CBS broadcasted their first color television coverage of a sporting event. It was the Molly Pitcher Handicap Horse Race from Mount Monk Park Jockey Club, Oceanport, New Jersey. That's crazy, dude. I, I cannot imagine watching black and white sporting events. Black and white sports in 2020? Like imagine if you're like you're having like a like a Super Bowl party or like a big game party or something like that, and everybody comes over and then you're like watching on like a black and white TV. You will get roasted forever. <laughs> forever. I don't even know if you'd be allowed in that friend circle anymore. <laughs> you like, what is wrong with him? <laughs> he thinks For that real. he has, like, the latest technology. Or what if, like, the NBA bubble just, like, or, like, the NBA just pulls a prank that, like, everyone's going to watch it, so let's troll him so hard and just play all our games in I black mean, and white. When you're, when We're you're still going to get the views. When you're a league like the NBA, you pretty much do whatever you want, and I think you will still get guaranteed viewership. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, let's dive into our sports today. Let's start off with the NFL. The Washington Redskins announced on Monday that they are retiring the Redskins name and logo. Uh, They put out a statement on Monday. This is what they had to say. On July 3rd, we announced the commencement of thorough review of the team's name. The review has begun in earnest. As a part of the process, we want to keep our sponsors, fans, and community apprised of our thinking as we go forward. Today we are announcing that we will retire we will be retiring the Redskins name and logo upon completion of this review. Dan Snyder and Coach Rivera 
are working closely to develop a new name and design approach that will enhance the standing of our proud tradition, rich franchise, and inspire our sponsors, fans, and community for the next 100 years. So what do you think is the significance of them retiring the team's current name and logo, Corey? Well, I think it's significant from the basis that there are still like a lot of people who grew up in that area. I didn't even realize this until like I saw on Twitter, uh, Dwayne Haskins, he said like he like grew up in that area and grew up uh, a Redskins fan. So for a lot of people who they, you know, people, we, people I think understand why the Redskins or why Washington is moving in this direction and changing their name. But I guess at the same time, when you've been so used to something being the way that it's been for what, uh, several years. And now all of a sudden the team is deciding to change it. It's, it's going to take some time to get used to. I mean, I'm still having to catch myself in calling the LA chargers, the San Diego chargers. I still, I still do that a lot, but this is a whole different ball game. You're deciding to switch up, uh, the, the, the franchise logo, the franchise name. So, uh, and just hearing the statement, you hear the first thing that the the organization addresses is who the sponsors. That was the main uh-huh. thing that they decided to to make sure is a, been abundantly clear, <laughs> as told by our sponsors and everybody who helps fund the organization that we either make a change or they're pulling their their money out, and so. Uh, you know, like I said before, I think that this is uh that was the main reason as to why uh they're deciding to do that, not just the the culture and the the current year or the current times that we're living in, but because of how much money was at stake and on the line. And I think that the organization realized this is in the best interest that we do this. And who knows? you know, not a lot of people as far as football wise are talking about this team. So them starting off this new season, new head coach, new system, still trying to to figure things out, maybe switching things up and changing the name could not only bring publicity, not only bring uh, a ton of marketing and a, a ton of uh, new fans, it could potentially bring uh, some inspiration to a football team that not a lot of people are expecting to have success this upcoming season. But, you know, who who knows? Well, I'm glad they just finally decided to change the name. I think it was long overdue because of what it stood for. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm not going to praise the Washington organization, and I'm damn well not going to praise Dan Snyder, who I believe is honestly one of the worst owners in sports history. Mm. And I'm not even going to praise FedEx or any other sponsors uh, of the Washington NFL team because it took a social justice movement for the team to finally realize that they're supporting a bigoted team name and logo. Like, all this time, they really didn't. They just thought, you know, it's fine. Like, nobody's really brought light to it. And like you said, the fact that sponsors are the first thing, I think Dan Snyder's priorities are completely out of order when it comes to the reason of changing this the team name um i mean obviously 
in the team statement, he said the sponsors, fans, and com- community, and having the sponsors first kind of entails like he did this as a money move. I mean, FedEx basically said that they're going to uh, take their name out of the field, which were a huge sponsor. And then when FedEx expressed that, they wanted to, they didn't really take action to change the team name initially. And then when Nike and PepsiCo and Bank of America all started acknowledging that the team name should be changed. I Dan think even Scott, like Target also pulled, were threatening to pull out as well. Like there, there yeah. were a lot of different sponsors that were, were coming after uh, this team. And I mean, it wasn't until those sponsors finally started more and more started coming that Dan Snyder was like, okay, now we're quote unquote thoroughly review it. And, you know, they, they decided to retire the name, but even when they thoroughly reviewed it, it took them 10 days to realize that the name was racist and the fact that they just even needed to review it. I mean, in my eyes, I think if a team name is a word that you would never say to a certain ethnicity because of how derogative it is, I don't think that should, that should in itself raise a red flag and that should not be your team name and you shouldn't have spent 10 days on it. It should have been changed a lot sooner. Dan Snyder is just a terrible owner. I mean, you literally look at it. Minority owners are already opting out. They're trying to buy uh, or find people to try to sell their stakes of the team for, and that's 40% of the entire team. And literally everyone is trying to own a professional team nowadays. Yeah, that's <laughs> Alex true. Rodriguez, Jennifer Lopez. And then uh, it was actually just reported on Monday that uh, Travis Kelsey and Brian Erlacher are te- might be teaming up with them to buy the Mets. So, wow. I mean – everybody's wanting to become a minority owner because eventually becoming a minority owner, you'll make more money, which will eventually allow you to buy the stakes out from the majority owners. And then you'll get to own your own team. So it's like, if minority owners can't even deal with some of the hardships of Dan Snyder to kind of ride this out, knowing that the light at the end of the tunnel is going to be very bright. That kind of speaks volumes to who Dan Snyder is as a person. And not even, I'm not even bringing in the NFL perspective. This guy's gone through what, how like 10 coaches, in nine years or something like that. So, I mean, from a football's perspective, it's not on his side either. So, Dan Snyder, nah. the, the Redskins are just a dumpster fire of an organization right now. But Yeah, I mean, you look at, like, everything in recent history, like, even, like, with the the, the injury situation to oh, – what's his name? Trent Williams. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you look at the injury situation there and – how it took years until that got revealed and that got brought to light. And it kind of just shows you as an organization that this team is kind of in a bad situation, in a bad spot, and they're not really an organization that you feel all that confident about as far as getting it right or whether it's on the field or off the field. So I just think that overall this, this – coming to a head and them deciding to change it was a good business move was a, a move in which didn't continue. Cause if they would continue on and, and not even gone through the process of reviewing it or not even going through the process of thinking about changing it, this was going to continue to be a story all off season. And then if it, continues to be a story going into the season you're going to have so much more distractions and you're going to have players having to have these conversations and it's going to be more distracting of what's going off the field than what's going on the field with the team already that's struggling to find you know 
uh, a positive outlook on what their season is going to be looking like as I mean, far as football-wise. This whole situation would have for sure brought them more publicity than what they're doing off the field, than what they're actually doing on the field. Right exactly. Now. So, I mean, I think that, it, like I said, it was a good business move. And going forward, it'll be – It'll be interesting to see the ripple effect that this will have because there are a lot of different team names and logos and whether you look at on the collegiate level, high school level, whatever, will this have a, an, a, an everlasting effect on how we view teams and team names and, and stuff that you know, happened years ago, but way before you and I were even here on this earth for an idea, we, uh, you know, erasing, you know, or changing up a team's name or, or getting rid of a, a name that might come off or might just be a little bit, uh, I guess, either racist or inappropriate or could be derogatory in some light. Uh, anybody can pretty much address it and come for it and say, Hey, I think that this is offensive or, Hey, I don't think that this team should be named this because uh, you know, whatever the case may be. So I, I just want to see if, how this will impact uh, sports going forward and how this will impact um, new franchises that get made or, you know, when you have different leagues or whatever, when they make, you know, different team names, and and how can fans you know even get involved as far as when the, when the teams decide to change the names because there's been a lot of different uh speculation about what the redskins will change their name to and whether or not it'll be something that you know still allows them to keep their history or will they just completely go in a different direction i just think that if 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 you decide to do something that the fans can rally around, then I think you're good because at the end of the day, that's going to be your, your, your base. And those are the people that root for you no matter what. So regardless. Well, I think if, it's your job as ownership too, regardless of the name, like it, it's in your hands, like it's your destiny to have fans rally around it, regardless of the name, like whether they pick a certain like a, a team they may, they or need team, team the Washington Cuddly Bears. It's like, come on, guys, rally around that. I mean, shit, the way the NFL's going with all their damn rules, there might be a very Washington valid, Cuddly Bears. Maybe a very valid uh, uh, team name. The fact so. that you can't land your body weight on a quarterback. I mean, that's a different story, though. That's a totally different story. But at the same time, I just think that uh, it it'll be. It'll, I'm more so looking at the 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 ripple effect that this will have, and the I guess you could say the consequences of these actions and how it impacts not only just sports but you know businesses as well. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's move on. We got we talked about this. Uh, in episode 35 because uh it was some uh, breaking news and we were still in shock of what happened but uh that was patrick mahomes. still in shock still yeah, in shock sure. to be that honest. Was patrick mahomes signing a record-breaking contract extension for 10 years worth up to 450 million dollars so 
if you put his two years that he still has on his current contracts, that's a 12-year, $503 million contract. This man is going to be worth half a billion dollars. That is absolutely insane. Um, so giving a little bit about Mahomes' resume, I'm sure you guys all know who he is, but just to – you guys might not know some of these things. So first of all, the guy's 24 years old. <laughs> that in itself is insane. And at the age of 24, he's already a two-time Pro Bowler, one-time All-Pro, has won one MVP, one Offensive Player of the Year. He's a Super Bowl champ, the youngest Super Bowl MVP in NFL history. As a starter, he's gone 24-7. and He has almost 10,000 passing yards in his uh, 31 starts, which uh, is most in NFL history. He has 76 touchdowns, only 18 interceptions, averages – 302 passing yards a game, including the playoffs, which is most in NFL history. Highest passer rating in NFL history at 108.9. And in his first season as a starter, he joined Peyton Manning as the only two players to ever pass for 5,000 yards and throw for 50 touchdowns in a season. Is that all? (laughs) And let let me take it back to square one. He's 24 years old. Yeah. Which is absolutely insane. So, I mean, this is the richest contract in sports history. Yeah. He is more, he's he's well deserving of this contract for sure. But let's talk about the contract negotiation. I mean, obviously, there's two sides of a negotiation you have the team side and you have the player side. So, let's talk about who won this contract negotiation, in your opinion, Corey. Oh, Mahomes, 100%. 100%. Because the thing is, is that. The Chiefs didn't need to do this. They didn't need to do this at all because, like you just mentioned, he still had two years left. So, I mean, you could have waited till maybe at the end of this season to negotiate the extension. But they said, nah, dude, we've gone through several seasons where we have not had a legitimate elite-level quarterback under center and we are not about to take the chance and allow this guy to get into some level of contract dispute or whatever. And next thing you know, we got to either trade him or he's out the door, which I don't think he would have done anyway, because I feel like he, he kind of has set roots in Kansas city. And I think that he would have done everything possible to try to stay there, especially coming off a super bowl uh, championship. But the chiefs to me, they look like that chick who finally uh they look no they look like they look like uh, somebody who just comes off really desperate like they look like that chick that's in her late 30s early 40s looking around wondering how she can get a man and the first dude that shows any level of interest she just goes ahead and and just you know makes him uh her husband so i mean the Chiefs made sure that they were trying to to wife up Mahomes, and he secured the bag, and they have set themselves up to where he's going to be under center as long as he stays injury-free or, you know, nothing else happens. Obviously, we can't predict what's going to happen in the next 12, 10 years. We can barely <laughs> predict what's going to happen <laughs> tomorrow. So, uh We'll see. We'll see. But I think overall, Mahomes definitely got the better end of this deal. But if he's able to bag a couple more championships, the Chiefs will say it was all worth it. 
I'm actually going to go with, I think the Chiefs won this, given that if he stays on the track that he's on right now, because, um, I mean, first of all, you I just gave you his whole resume, and by the sounds of his resume, it sounds like this guy's on the track of Hall of Fame and honestly on the track of being the best player to ever play this game. Would I, you say? Would you say he's a Hall of Famer right now? I mean, the guy's only played two full seasons. I, that's a tough one. I would have to say no, given that he's a quarterback. I would. I would say no. Not right now. Maybe. I mean, I mean maybe. some people would be like, "What? What?" But well, I agree. I agree. But, but it, it, it's just tough. Like the guy's only played two. He's only full played seasons. two seasons. Yeah, I it's agree. Like literally. Like, knock on wood, we never wish this happens, but let's say he has a career-ending injury and this guy would literally fall off the face of this earth. Nobody will remember Patrick Mahomes. They'll probably remember him for this contract, but that's oh, yeah. about it. He won a oh, Super Bowl. Yeah. Okay, a lot of quarterbacks won a Super Bowl. Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl with the Ravens. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of it kind of says a lot, so. The GOAT, Trent Dilfer. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I say the Chiefs won it because, like I said, they locked up a guy who has a lot of Hall of Fame potential. And to be honest, in four or five years when, this, like, when the new CBA is negotiated and you have guys like Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Tua, uh, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, Baker Mead, like all those guys are going to be up for contracts. And we've been seeing the, the, the market for quarterbacks. It's literally just been rising and rising and rising and rising and rising. So who's to say in four or five years, this contract may be the norm. Or it could look as a steal for the Chiefs because a $45 million average salary right now, it's about, I want to say, what, about $30 million if you take Goff's, Wentz. Uh, I mean, Dak's making $31.4 with the franchise tag. Uh, Russell Wilson's making about $30 mil. And kind of just the jump from Dak's to, uh, to his franchise tag to um, – to Jared Goff's that jump is almost a four million dollar jump to take four million dollars and multiply that by four or five years you're around Mahomes' contract right now and it could even exceed that so that's why I think the Chiefs definitely won I mean obviously Mahomes secured the bag good for him I mean for Mahomes there's no way of losing this contract dispute or this contract negotiation I should say but for the Chiefs there was definitely a way for them to lose big and when you initially look at the numbers you're like holy shit what the hell were the Chiefs thinking but in actuality when you look at all the clauses and you look at all the guarantees not a bad deal for the Chiefs and I mean would you have even signed him to a 10-year deal or do you, would you have signed him to a shorter deal? Uh, I would have tried to lock him up for, I would say, either between five to, to seven years. Because at least in that, that way, you look at five to seven years from now, you said he's 24, so then he would be either like 33, 34, something like that. So. I think that's a better time timetable to, uh, and I'm sure by that point you would think that the Chiefs would address their quarterback situation if he's not uh, performing or if he's not the same, uh, keeping at the same elite level. But I just think overall, I don't want to say they never work, 
but I don't believe that long-term deals in the double digit marks, they don't work in baseball as far as building a championship team. So I'm not sure I can believe it's going to carry over to, to the NFL. And that's not to say that the chiefs are never going to win another Super Bowl or nothing like that. It's just, I, I'm, I'm not sure if, if that will, because there's a reason why a lot of teams have not been able to last as long as the Patriots have. And it's because salary cap, salary cap prevents teams in the NFL from just being able to stay together and being able to win championship after championship after championship. And depending on, because Sammy Watkins has said that he's willing to take a pay cut. Not everybody on that team is willing to take a pay cut. A la, you know, as we see Chris Jones, he's not willing to take a pay cut. So I, you know, that if they have to lose out on a Chris Jones for Patrick Mahomes. What? I'm doing that. I mean, no, I'm not saying that I wouldn't do it. I'm just saying that uh, that that is a big that that hurts the team in a way. Right. So it's still it's still gonna hurt the team. I'm not saying choose between which one would you rather choose between Mahomes or Chris Jones because everybody's gonna choose Mahomes. But I would say that uh, Chris Jones being being <laughs> I would say that when you you do this decision, it's gonna have a ripple effect and hurts you in some type of way, regardless if, if you're making, if you're making some one person happy, then everybody else is going to be looking like, how can I get happy like that too? But I know I'm not going to get like a crazy contract like that, but I mean, I would like to get paid at least somewhere in the, the realm of, uh, of uh, realism. I mean, I think Patrick Mahomes is kind of like, uh, has that Aaron Rodgers effect or has that LeBron James effect where he makes people great around him. You look at the Mecole Hardmans, you look at the Demarcus Robinson, like those guys, if you put those receivers on any other team, they would not be having the success they're having right now on the Chiefs. So I think Patrick Mahomes can definitely have that. Like we see it with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, uh, Geronimo Allison, like he had a couple good games or like Lazard, like they had a couple good games this season. And that's because that's all Aaron Rodgers really had to work with. But at the same time, it's, he's such a good player that he can make these players who they are kind of a thing. And I mean, but I guess what I'm thinking is that, uh, what if you get into a situation where, you know, and again, God forbid, but you know, if you, if your team, <laughs> if you got like, you know, the Tyreek Hills, if your skilled players are not happy with the way that they're being compensated, uh, there's only so much money that can go around. And so if you have to lose out on an old lineman or if you have to lose out on uh, a player to the level of a Kelsey or a Tyreek Hill, that's hurting the team. That's making you take a step backwards. And again, I understand why the Chiefs did what they did. They came off looking pretty desperate, but it was for the sake of making sure that you preserve the quarterback position, which is one of the, if not the most important positions when it comes to an NFL football field. So, well, it's it's for sure the most important position because let me let me take your situation. If, yeah, you if you had, never if you if, if you, you've gone through like not having a starting quarterback as long 
as the Chiefs have had of being elite. Because don't get me wrong, like they've had some good guys, they've had some solid dudes, but they haven't had anybody that you would consider the past few years as an elite starting NFL quarterback. Okay, well, answer this question for me. Let's take a very average quarterback. Let's say Ryan Tannehill. Would you say he's an average quarterback? You could yeah. maybe put him above. Yeah, as far as career-wise, yeah. I would say Ryan Tannehill is very average. Given all the players around Patrick Mahomes right now, put Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. Is he winning a Super Bowl for you? Probably not because he can't extend plays. Exactly, play. which is why you unload the brink trucks for Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is what made that team a Super Bowl winning team. And he's going to because he's only 24 years old. I mean, the, the fact that they've signed him to a 10-year contract, he's going to be under contract until he's 36. And that, that's given that they don't renegotiate it at, like, whenever the, the new contracts come out. He may renegotiate it when, um, when other guys start getting bigger deals and stuff like that. But that's kind of where the Chiefs have the upper hand as well, too. But he's going to be signed until he's 36 years old. Let me give you a couple quarterbacks that have played very well in their age 36 and above. Peyton Manning, 37 years old, almost 5,500 passing yards and 55 touchdowns. Brady at 38, 4,500 yards, 32 touchdowns. Breeze, 5,200 yards and 37 touchdowns at 37. Steve Young, 37 years old, 4,100 yards, 36 touchdowns. Brett Favre, 4,100 yards, 28 touchdowns. Rodgers, 4,000 yards and 26 touchdowns. And that was just this past year. And then Big Ben at 36, 5,100 yards and 34 touchdowns. So quarterback is a position of longevity in this league. So signing him to that contract, I mean, again, drastic injury can only change that. But I even think that Patrick Mahomes is that type of dude who he just said last season that he barely started learning how to read coverages. (laughs) And he passed for 50 touchdowns the season before he apparently started to learn how to read coverages. So that is dangerous for the NFL. And I think signing him to a 10-year deal, you lock him. And because he's the age of 36, that still potentially could be the prime based off of the names I just read. Yeah. I mean, you, you were mentioning how, like, his contract could maybe uh, set a trend or uh, the Chiefs, maybe they jumped on the, the, this, this early before anybody else did. Um, I, I, mean, I, don't really I don't know. I don't know. Because I don't know. In baseball, that, any other sport, we've never seen this contract other than baseball. Right. Exactly. I don't know. So outside of Patrick Mahomes, uh, now, would you, if let's say with your Ravens, would you give this same level of contract to Lamar Jackson? No, because only because of his play style. His play style makes him more, uh, more susceptible to injuries, and given his body frame, that's the reason why. I'm just wondering, like, is there outside of Patrick Mahomes, is there another quarterback in this league that teams would be ready and willing to give like this same level of contract to? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Carson Wentz would have got this type of contract because the Eagles are very, 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 very high on Carson Wentz. Very they high, honestly yeah. think he's the next i don't even know like steve young joe montana like they literally think very high which he i mean i'm not gonna exaggerate but he when he's healthy be. he is good exactly when he's healthy, but that's the when problem he's, he's 
He's had so much. But no, I, I, I don't see any other quarterback potentially getting this. Uh, I mean, maybe we'll have to see how Tua, maybe Joe Burrow play their rookie season. Baker Mayfield, if he can turn things around, but with the new coaching staff. But and the crazy than- thing is, like you said, Mahomes is only 24. And like a lot of guys have been playing the quarterback position for a good while. And even then, you still don't feel confident and 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 making and giving this and giving them the Mahomes contract. That's what I'm calling now. This is the Mahomes contract because literally, well, I, think, I don't think you give this contract to any other player or any other uh, quarterback in the league because they haven't shown you the same level of consistency, the same level of uh, domination, and just and another thing I'm wondering is like. If Mahomes was didn't have the weapons that he had, like obviously, I'm you know you take the weapons away, like could he be on the same level as a Russell Wilson? Uh, that so. I guess would would be more interesting. That's why I say like he's only been in the league for two years. I want to see if he if he was not able to have like those dang, these all these weapons around him. I'm curious if he could still get a team deep into uh or, or at least to the playoffs because that's what russell wilson consistently has shown that he can do like he doesn't have the best team uh in the league but for whatever reason just because he is there on the on the squad he makes them dangerous that's why he's called dangerous on twitter i i definitely think mahomes would have that effect again we'll never know because of the team but i maybe in a couple years we'll see it but i definitely think that mahomes is that caliber player that can definitely make or break a team given the weapons or not given the weapons that he has. Speaking of Russell, I mean, people sleep on Russell Wilson, but I would, I would probably say, I would probably say if you look at Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes, their careers right now go toe to toe. And I think you can maybe argue that those are the two guys and you can maybe even, you know, throw a few other guys in there, but I would say that, uh, as far as consistency these past few seasons, uh, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, those are the only two guys I would probably put in the category of, yeah, I might, I might pay them, you know, something crazy. Outside of that, I don't know. I don't know if there's anybody else out there. Drew Brees? Given his age, let, let, let's take age out of the factor. If okay, let's take age of out of the factor. One, one I'm looking at the past two, two seasons that he's had. He's had, like – some good statistical numbers, but I don't know. I just don't like the way that don't bring a playoff success because that's not his fault. I know it's not all of his fault. I know it's not all of his fault, but I don't know. I guess you just expect sometimes like your quarterback to like get you over the hump, and I don't know. Sometimes, when sometimes Drew, when you're going up against I know the like, opposing team and the reps, yeah, yeah. So and just bad luck. I know. I know. Cool. I don't know. I don't think I would do that for Drew Brees. Uh, I, and I like Drew Brees. He was on my fantasy team last year, but I don't you know. Sound, I you sound don't. like the damn Dolphins. I just don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I guess it's different because I, I don't know. Because uh, I'm biased. I would. I, I like Russell Wilson over Drew Brees uh, just from a perspective of. Oh, yeah, I, I would take Russell Wilson over Drew Brees, but you just said, who would you give it to in the NFL? I think Drew Brees is in that category. Yeah, if you look at his career as a whole and, and I guess what he's done and 
uh, like you said, if he if if he wasn't like the current age he was at, maybe. But I don't know. I guess I guess I'm just looking at the past few seasons, and I'm looking at uh, the staple of consistency, and I'm just thinking about Drew resume as well. And I'm I'm just I'm guess I guess I'm just so I guess I just think that that if I if I had to to bet on a, a guy or 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 if I, if you gave me two two options for who I think would would get this contract, it probably would be for me either Russell Wilson or the guy who got it in Patrick Mahomes. I can't argue with that. All right, let's move on to the NBA. We got some crazy NBA bubble headlines going on. Let's just go a little bit through yeah. it. We have uh, Victor Oladipo potentially returning to play with the Pacers, uh, so that's going to be interesting. And then we have. Bruno Caboclo and Rashawn Holmes stepping outside the bubble boundaries and now have to quarantine for 10 days just because they're trying to pick up some damn Postmates. Trying to get some food. Trying to get some food. Isn't that, isn't that? But Dame, hey, Dame Lillard said that he didn't think that the guys would be following the rules and they, everybody's just. But they, they, they claim that they were unaware. They claimed that they were unaware, and I legit think they could have been unaware. Of maybe, the maybe because they could have. I mean, I mean, if you guys haven't done so already, definitely go check out NBA Bubble Life on Twitter. They have great content. They literally just post everything that the players are posting, uh, and then some. They're like even challenging some players, and the players are actually responding to some of the challenges. Yeah, I see uh, JJ Reddick shotgun, shotgun challenge. Uh, yeah, we had shotgun JJ challenge, Reddick, yeah. and then we had Myers Leonard do it too. Um, and then on Twitter, too, uh, we had this girl talking about how she got invited to the NBA bubble already. And, uh, you know, as Twitters, we're some detectives out here. So we went and we saw the only player in the bubble that's following her is Montrez Harrell. What? So, what? So it's a big question mark. And then he, oh, came on and he claimed, he said, I woke up from a nap and my Twitter's blowing up. What the hell is going on? <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but. That's, and then you have uh, obviously we know about the Boban and Tobias Harris uh, bromance, and there's Boban's been spending a lot of time with his new teammate Luka Doncic, and uh, yeah. Tobias Harris get a little jealous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think uh, I forget like some uh, outlet. I think it was like Bleacher Report. I think they posted something, and then Tobias Harris was like quote tweeting and saying like, "Y'all trying to make me jealous? Like, yeah. what are y'all doing?" It's funny though. Tobias Harris is a good sport. Yeah. Um, and then Darius Baisley, funny rookie, watching him play cornhole against Chris Paul and then fishing, and then the whole Clippers team fishing, and then uh, Ben Simmons fishing, and then the guy can't even drop the fish back in the water. He misses everything, <laughs> even when it comes to fishing. Yeah, so that's just a little NBA Bubbles headline. It's really good content. Definitely go check out NBA Bubble Life on Twitter. It's really good. It's, it's good stuff, fun stuff, entertaining stuff. But now to the nitty-gritty, we had um, Russell Westbrook actually test positive for coronavirus, which is a big, like, superstar, first superstar that's been tested positive. Um, And so far in the bubble, two out of the 322 players have tested positive for COVID-19. So take that down to percentage-wise, it's not a bad number. No, uh, no, it's not. So do you think the NBA, given the numbers, I was – I was really against them initially. I didn't think this could work out. But then again, the season hasn't even started yet. Do right. you think the NBA will be able to sustain a healthy season? 
uh, I think they have a more likely chance than any other sport just because there's less players and there's less likelihood of it getting really bad, I think. I don't think it'll get to a point where you're seeing in the MLS two teams had to drop out of the tournament, like in FC Dallas and Nashville recently had to drop out of the tournament. And that messed everything up kind of because they the MLS had to restructure the entire tournament because of both those teams uh, not being able to, to play in them. And so I don't see it happening in the NBA where an entire team will just have to be like, yeah, well, like we can't play because the whole entire roster is shut down with coronavirus. So I, I don't think that is going to happen. I think uh, the, the intriguing part will be once games start to get played, we'll be able to gauge more so uh, how, how safe the bubble really is and how uh, the players will be getting on because already, I mean, we talk about some of the funny things that's been going on with the players uh, in the bubble, but some of the things that I guess has rubbed certain people the wrong way is how the, some of the players have been like complaining about the food and complaining about the, the living situations and stuff like that. And uh, Jay Williams, uh, former Dukey, Duke Blue Devil, pretty much said it, it, it comes off as tone deaf. And I kind of see and acknowledge it, it does, but you have to realize that these are guys who are in their 20s and some of them are still teenagers so for 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 a lot of them they they're they're solely kind of thinking about like themselves and not really thinking about um man i should i I should just be thankful to have some food or i should just be thankful that i got my own you know rooms and myself and that i don't have the and most importantly that i don't have the virus but Overall, I just think that the NBA is going to have a better chance of succeeding because there's less players. Um, and I think once things start get rolling, uh, the, the tricky thing and the interesting thing will be seeing how players deal with like the fatigue level because games are coming quick and fast. Yeah, and I mean, we're also, like, like we, you said in the MLS, two teams dropping out. We almost had one team talk about dropping out uh it's this upcoming season and that was the la clippers they had a team discussion and they basically chose between we all play together or if one of us is out then we're all out wow. and they ultimately came to an agreement to uh join the bubble and contend for a championship but boy let me tell you <laughs> i full-heartedly would have respected the decision of the players if they didn't feel comfortable playing but you would have been like, oh, damn. And <laughs> as a Clippers fan, I would have been heartbroken. And then if, like, the Lakers, like, go <laughs> went on to, like, <laughs> win mean, the chip, you would have been thinking, like, yo, that should have been us. You want to talk about an unlucky franchise or even a fan base, dude. I think I think This is their best opportunity. I think if they would have dropped out, that would have been the last straw for me. <laughs> like, Because, dude, honestly, you look at us unsuccessful ass lob city yeah and then we had a first round pick that we traded for mo williams and jamario moon to try to get rid of that baron davis contract turn into kyrie irving that first round pick 
Yep. And then we have the whole fact that we can't make it to a damn conference finals appearance. And then the whole Donald Sterling incident. So, yeah. I mean, just unlucky after unlucky situation. And this, if we would have, like you said, this was is probably our best chance we've ever had to win an NBA championship. And, man, that would have been tough. <laughs> it just, just would have haunted you for, like – Cause I don't know. I think I think I would not hear the end of it, honestly. Especially like you said, if the Lakers won the the championship, because you'd just be thinking about it the whole time. You'd be thinking like, man, like could that have been the year? Could that have been the season? Because I don't know. I feel like the Clippers have like a really good deep team, and it's an interesting decision. Because I remember, I remember my high school basketball coach saying something similar to that when I first got to high school my freshman year he was all about everybody does it or nobody does it and if nobody's willing to like you know step up to the challenge then uh you know it is what it is but as as with with any decision uh it's tough for for this decision though for you to to just do it as like a a a team because you know, you have to take into perspective, like, everybody might have different thoughts about the pandemic and might have different thoughts about their health and the safety of their family members, you know, yada, 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 all that type of stuff. But at the end of the day, if if these are the guys who you've been playing with all season, you developed the rapport with, you've had to work with, and if you don't feel comfortable with continuing to go to work, then, I mean, it's, it's, then I I just think, I appreciate the fact that they had a a discussion about it as a team, an open forum, an open dialogue with one another to get each other's thoughts, engage each other about how they feel about it. And I'm sure, because Lou Williams was one of the players that was probably uh, most, if anything, he was rumored to, be thinking that he wasn't going to be playing and so well that's what i want to ask you is like if you're lou will do you feel like it's shitty for him because he potentially could have been peer pressured in a way in a way but i don't the curious thing is like if the discussion was allowing everybody to voice their opinion and get their opinions out there and and everybody came into the the collective reasoning of we're we're doing this as a team, as you know, together, uh, standing together. It's different to where if they like had like a vote, like oh, who wants to you know play versus who doesn't want to play, you know, type of thing. I think that I think I'm I'm assuming, and I'm you know not in the room, but I'm thinking that they probably talked about it extensively, and I'm I'm thinking that whoever was against it maybe they got their thoughts out and they got their opinions out about it but ultimately i think that the decision came down uh and everybody had their say and their thought on it and i think when you make a decision as a group it's it's reassuring because you have the support of everybody around you and the only thing though is like like you said are there still players on that team that maybe were heavily thinking about opting out or not playing? And now maybe they kind of feel like if I decide to opt out now, 
I'll be looking like I went back on my word after we had like this, you know, team discussion about it. Right. And I mean, if any team benefited the most from this hiatus, it was the Clippers. I mean, given that their their injury history with uh, Paul George, the two stars, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, um, I think this hiatus definitely helped them out. And then obviously a big, big thing that not a lot of people were talking about was their chemistry issues. I mean, you had older veteran guards that were talking about how they didn't like how they were being included now that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard was here. And then you have midseason additions of Reggie Jackson and you have uh, Marcus Morris coming in. So, I mean, that definitely messes with the chemistry. And I think now that they're finally getting team practices in and stuff like that, it, it's definitely beneficial for them. So, which was kind of surprising that the, if the Clippers didn't play, it's just like that would have been the most beneficial this, hi, this whole hiatus for you. But now you're saying you don't want to play. So it was, it was interesting. And then even now, like reports are saying that uh, the Clippers are going to be smart regarding Kawhi. They obviously, you know, will need him to play in some of these games so he can get ready to go and get geared up for the postseason. But I don't think that they're going to be playing him crazy minutes because I think you want to make sure that your best players are preserved enough to where whoever you face up in that first round, you can give them a, a, a good solid matchup and you can compete to your fullest and you can be as healthy as you possibly can uh, in regards to, you know, hopefully, you know, no injuries or, you know, no outbreak or anything like that. So I think the Clippers and even just dating back to last season with the Raptors, teams are starting to get more wiser in understanding that, yes, regular season is important because you want to make sure you get that right matchup and you want to make sure that you're facing off against a team that you feel comfortable with. Because the first round, I think, when the playoffs begin, there's a lot of different jitters. There's a lot of different things that, you know, is different. Playoff atmosphere is different. And playing in the playoffs is different because the referees, they even uh, ref different. And coaching is at more of a – like the last two minutes of the game feel like 30 minutes to an hour sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> because there's so many different timeouts and – you know, teams are trying to extend the game as much as possible. So uh, the playoffs is going to be different, and it's going to be a different animal. And uh, I think this year is going to be an extremely, extremely tough, tough task uh, just because of everything that's going on. Because you, you not only have to deal with what's going on the court, you have to deal with what's going off the court. You also have to deal with mentally, do you have the fortitude to stay strong to, to, to stay focused and not be distracted by what's going on on social media and what's happening with uh, Corona and, you know, all that type of stuff is, is now at the forefront because guys are trying to make sure that they are doing their part and staying fit, staying healthy and, 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 you know, getting geared up for the season's return. But then, all you can pretty much do is just go back to your room and uh, play video games or watch TV or, you know, be, be on social media. So I think 
we're going to have to see like a lot of different guys, maybe read some books or develop different hobbies or something like that, because uh, we'll, we'll see. Cause I think overall being kind of like isolated like that is, it's going to weigh on people's brains for sure. Well, I mean, you kind of explained it, but that was my next question is, I mean, Giannis claimed that this is going to be the toughest NBA championship to win. So I'm, I'm guessing you're agreeing with that. I would say so just because of, we've never really experienced or seen anything like this. And especially now as it has gone into sports. Uh, yeah. I think this is just any championship. I don't think should have an asterisk. It should just show how incredibly uh, built or how a team was able to truly stay together because there's so many things that you have to deal with and, it doesn't even have necessarily be about what's happening on the field or the court. So that's why I think I agree with Giannis's statement. I'm going to have to go with no. I don't think it's going to be the toughest NBA championship to win. Um, and, and that's not from a competitive standpoint. I'm, I'm thinking of more of like these guys literally just had an offseason, an entire offseason for – I mean, and you, you think about NBA seasons. These guys are going through seven – seven months of wear and tear on their bodies of constant playing, playing 82 games in a season. And then all of a sudden they get maybe a couple days off and then it's playoffs. And now it's like full speed, no stopping whatsoever. These guys just had a four month hiatus of basically recovering and rehabilitating these uh, nagging injuries that a lot of these players have been having. And I think now they're ready to come back fresh and uh, rehabilitated. And if you think about it, they only have to play eight games. And then it's the playoffs. So, I mean, they'll be really fresh. When it comes to, uh, obviously, the pandemic part, it does make it tough. But if the NBA can maintain a safe and healthy environment that doesn't, you know, honestly wipe out uh, a lot of superstars. Because then, again, now I'm looking at this from a non-competitive standpoint that I think it could be an easy championship to win just because of, how well rested your body is from this uh, NBA suspended. Yeah, I, I think to your point, to use your point for my point, um, with the Warriors, I believe it was just in their entire championship runs, whether it was with KD or without KD, it always seemed like they ran across a team that maybe on paper were going to give them problems, but had a key player injured or had a key player that was dealing with an injury or something of that nature. I remember one year they were going up against the, the, the Grizzlies and Mike Conley uh, was injured. And so they were, you know, maybe that would have been a matchup that would have, you know, given them some issues. I don't think so, but in the grand scheme of things, injuries, these past few seasons, I want to say dating back to at least 20, the 2014, 15 season, have played a key role in determining who goes on to ultimately win the championship. So now you're not really having to fully on deal with that. Guys are, like you said, for the most part, getting healthy and getting rehabilitated and, and getting back to playing shape and getting back to ready uh, to play games again. Now you're going to have a very competitive, healthy, rested a bunch of teams that are going to be going at each other's throats to where now everybody's at their, their strongest point. So it shouldn't be 
any real excuses outside, obviously, you know, play positive for Corona, then to, to, to determine who's going to be a championship, uh, who's going to be a champion. So I think that that really plays into why I feel like this is going to be re- extremely tough uh, as long as, like, we don't really get, like, a lot of guys, you know, testing positive and everybody is, for the most part, healthy. Yeah, this is going to be a difficult one to determine because I'm not even sure if you, we are just jumping straight back into the the games that the teams that were ahead of the pack in the Milwaukee Bucks and the Lakers, are they still going to be the same teams? And of course the Lakers aren't because they're going to be missing Avery Bradley and they're adding a new, uh, a new player in J.R. Smith. So not only that, they just, uh, Rajon Rondo just broke his hand. And Rajon Rondo hurt himself. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that you have to, you know, take into consideration of, of, of how maybe a team might, not be the same from where they left off. And I think that's a a crucial point. But overall, if everybody for the most part is healthy, this is going to be a very competitive, extremely competitive uh, playoffs. And I am all for it because the more guys that uh, the more healthy it is, the more competitive it is. 100%. And I mean, Let's uh, move on to our next topic with that. I mean, we have star-studded basketball teams in the NBA remaining in this bubble. So with that being said, let's do a little NBA bubble draft. We're going to do snake format between me and Corey. We'll be drafting our best team, and we're going to be putting it on social media, and you guys are going to be voting on who has the better team. And uh, it's only the player pool is only players that are in the bubble right now. So you cannot choose a Trey Young. You cannot choose a Clint Capella or you can't choose, you know, a Carl Anthony Towns. It has to be from the teams, the players from the teams that are in the bubble right now. So me and Corey, we're going to play rock, paper, scissors real quick to see who goes first. We'll go on shoot. Ready? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. I, I can't see what you play. Oh, okay, oh, you play okay. scissors? All right. Ready? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh, we're tied. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. All right. All I got right. I got the first pick in the draft. All right. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Got the first pick in the draft. All right. So, basically, the, the way our lineups are going to be working is you have to pick two backcourt players and three frontcourt players. And uh, let's get it started with the first pick of the NBA bubble draft. Oh, Giannis. Going with the MVP, man. I gotta go with Giannis. Okay, okay, all right. Um, I am going to go with who I think has a good shot and maybe winning Defensive Player of the Year. He'd probably miss out because Giannis will win it, but I'm gonna go with Anthony Davis as my first pick. Mm, and then, so this I believe is Snake I, draft, so he gets back to back picks. I will get the second pick, so I'm gonna go with your boy Kawhi Leonard. Did you just give me LeBron James with the fourth pick in the draft? It's fine. That's fine. I'm cool with that. I feel like I have two of the best players in the league right there. Oh, my goodness gracious. Give me LeBron James, please. Oh, all right. And let's see. With this next pick, who am I going to take? This is a tough one. I might have to go with... I'm going to go with Joel Embiid. 
I got back-to-back picks right now. All right. Man, this is tough. So my third pick, I feel like I need to go guard here. Uh, I think I'm going to have to just go out and – this is tough. Uh, I'm going to go Kimball Walker. Okay, so right now your team is looking like Kemba, Kawhi, and AD, correct? That is correct. And who's your fourth player you're taking? So you have one front court spot available and one back court spot available. That is true. I'm trying to think as far as do I want to go defense here or do I want to go? Seems like you're chilling with offense. defense. You got Kawhi and AD. I know. But I think I'm going to go with uh, James Harden. All right, James Harden. All right, I'm going to give me the man of the playoffs. You know what time it is, baby. It's Dame time. thought about that, too. I thought about that. I really did. I need a cold-blooded dude who just takes out teams and dismantles them. <laughs> He's really? all done with the freaking Rockets and with the – Thunder. All right. And then you took Harden. So mm, this is tough. See, I don't know how to classify him. Is he a backcourt or is he frontcourt? Because he plays shooting guard, but he also plays small forward. I'm talking about Paul George. I think he's listed as a shooting guard. So I'm, I'm going to go with what he's listed as. So he could be. All right. So I got Paul George then. All right. So you got. Dame, Paul George. Giannis, LeBron, and Joel Embiid. Giannis, LeBron, Joel Embiid. All right. Last pick in the draft. Who's going to be your Isaiah Thomas? Man. Is it it Isaiah Thomas? (laughs) No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Not saying, like, you know, he's a bad player, but I don't know. He is. Now, currently. I I guess I'm. Trying to see. So I need a front core player for sure. Uh, now, I don't know how this will work, but I'm going to go with Zion. Whoa! Zion! Okay. Best for last. We had the most interesting pick for the last pick. All right. So we're going to be posting this on our social media. So we're going to have you guys vote for who has the better teams again to list them again i got damien lillard paul george Giannis, lebron and joel Embiid. Corey, who do you have i got ad anthony davis Kawhi, the claw leonard kemba walker james harden and the fifth last but not least zion williamson so i try to mainly go defense with a mixture of uh you know, some offensive threats. I feel like James Harden, he can carry the load. Obviously, AD is a workhorse. And then, you know, you got uh, Zion who can get up and down. So I, I just feel like my team is very much defensively solid. Yeah, I see it. I see. That's actually, honestly, that's a tough – we got to put this in, like, 2K and Simmit or something. <laughs> something. Yeah. We got to put these – Because I, like I feel like Kemba and Dame – that's that that you could go either or like, with those two. No now, way. I would say 
as far as like, as far as like, I, I know people would probably say like Dane is 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 better, but I Which feel like Kimba, I feel like with Kimba, Kimba goes on these hot streaks and Kimba uh, can get hot at any point in time. And then like, as far as them guarding each other, I think either it, either way you look at it, Kimba could give Dane thirty. Yeah, Dane, defensively, I agree with you. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I'm looking at. As far as like, if they played like one on one, it would be pretty close. So. And then Paul George and James Harden. I would probably. That's, that's a damn good. That's right a there. that's a that's a tough matchup because I don't. I, I, I would don't know do, how Paul George is gonna be able to. Go, I think Paul George would give James Harden a tough time with, as far as guarding him, but I feel yeah. like James Harden. Every single time I, I've seen this clip, I don't know, like five kajillion times since the NBA has been suspended. But that clip where Harden faked out Beverly and Paul George and got the Freaking foul. made Beverly look like a damn crackhead. His knee I mean, twisted in one yo, way, but he just popped that right up. Shot like that shot that he hit, crazy. But, yeah. yeah, I feel like that's that's a good matchup. That's um, a good matchup. Uh, you got I mean, Kawhi but, versus but if LeBron. He, if, if, he, if he beats you, I mean, you got Embiid and you got Giannis there at the rim ready to stuff that's you. That's very true. That's very true. So, I mean, like, it's a very – it's a very – it's a very evenly matched team, I would and say. And then, yeah, LeBron and Kawhi, that can go either way. Yeah. Uh, Giannis and and who's your other guard or your forward? So I had AD, Kawhi, and Zion. So Zion and Giannis. I mean, come yeah. on now. <laughs> and, yeah. And then, I mean, yeah. And then Embiid and uh, AD. I would give the edge to. AD. I would honestly. I would probably more so want to have Zion on Embiid. Uh, on Embiid and then put AD on Giannis. Just because hmm. I don't think that – I don't – no, obviously, athleticism why I think Zion could maybe, you know – I think Embiid could just take him to the post, though, because, like, Embiid has that dream shake, too. So he it's does. not like he's going to just he post does. fade away. Like, he can give you that up and under, too. So it's like Zion's not really that lengthy. I don't know if he can guard that completely. Right. Right, but I feel like he's girthy enough and he's strong enough to Pause. not just get bodied in the post. <laughs> Got you. Yeah, this is going to be a tough I, I really think we should put this in 2K and we should sit it. That, that'd be crazy. That'd be crazy. That's dope. I All think because right. I, 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 I overall feel very confident in my team, but then again, you have like some matchups like with Giannis. I feel like it doesn't matter if I have AD or Zion guard him, it's going to be tough. I feel like. Um, that Kawhi versus LeBron matchup, I think, determines whoever has like a better game. If Kawhi has a better game or LeBron has a better game, I think that pretty much would determine who wins out of out of the, our teams. Yeah, I, I was also looking for guys that could maybe like catch and shoot, and that's where you kind of have Paul George, Damian Lillard, because it's like, don't I mean, I think with my team, you have enough. Just have LeBron run point. You don't really need Dame or Paul George. Right, LeBron's probably the best facilitator. Right, and those two know how to catch and shoot. Yeah, but yeah, so that's gonna be interesting. All right, we're gonna post it on our social medias. You guys, let us know who would win. And Team Kush, Team Corey, who you going with? Winner gets uh, bragging rights. That's about it. <laughs> that's all we can offer. <laughs> but all right, that's pretty much gonna do it for this episode, guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you guys don't already follow us on social media, the nosebleeds on Instagram, the underscore nosebleeds on Twitter, the nosebleeds podcast, just search it up on, on Facebook. Again, that's K N O W S bleeds. Corey, any last words? 
Can't wait for the NBA season to get back. Feels like it's right around the corner. Uh, I, I feel like July's been going by fast. Yeah, it's already. I feel like it was Fourth of July like two days ago. Yeah, yeah, it's already mid July, and we're already getting ever so closer to opening day as well. So it's a lot going on in the sports world, but overall, man, I, I'm just ready for the NBA to tip back off again and ready to see what uh, goes on in MLB as well. Also, can't forget, like, NHL, they just approved their CBA, so they should be dropping the puck pretty soon, too. So, sports is definitely getting back underway. Let's hope they can just sustain the health and safety of these players and staff. Um, And also, make sure you're not watching these games in black and white, because, you know, 1951, we changed that. Other than that, we out. Deuces. Deuces.